0: I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to Nationals this year. Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law. Ingles driving underhand. Scoop of the score. Joe Ingles with five straight. Utah by 13, and Ingles with 14 points, four rebounds, and four assists. You are locked on, Jack. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 7th of April. Venice lives and goes publicly. Consciously, not by accident at all, with Adrian Wojnowski on the Vertical Podcast. We'll break down what he had to say. Look at the Timberwolves, look around the NBA, and a brief look on the hottest players in the NBA on a pack Friday. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Ba-dum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good weekend. Whenever you're listening to this Friday show, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Hope you're great. Appreciate your support and stopping by and listening to today's program. Today's program is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. Uh, I love the comment I got from Marin, that uh, the way I described Hyundai the other day, that they're the Joe Ingalls of cars. You know, at first... You don't really know the name. You don't really know the brand. But then once you experience it, you find out, oh, it's really high quality. It's really good. People are paying a lot of money for something that's not as good as this. Uh, So it's the Joe Ingalls of cars. I like that. That was funny. By the way, speaking of sponsors, uh, I did just want to share quickly. Uh, We're doing Blue Apron at the house, and I just think it's great. I mean, it's been fun for the kids, and the food's really good, and it's a really neat, neat program. So if you haven't done it, you you can use the promo code Jazz and uh, f- frankly, your wife can use the promo code LOCKNBA. For all I care, uh, I like it if you do both. So the, that's a, uh, there for you. That's they're they're not a per se paid sponsor today, but I just it's I'm actually just totally legit. We we had the last night, and uh, it was a Cod, potato, um, pan-fried. Uh, it, it was really it's really good. Like, I actually, you know, I really, really... And I'm finding it fun, right? Like, it's different meals we used to have and all that. So, it's cool. L-O-C-K, jazz, L O C K N B A. NBA. No E on either of of those. Uh, Dennis Lindsay is pretty interesting, and we'll dig into it. Yesterday, I got asked about it. I didn't know about it yet. I had missed that he had been on Woj's podcast, and that that was the discussion, and so I dug in yesterday and listened. So thank you for the tip. I would have obviously got it um at some point anyway, but I just wanted to uh, – I got asked about it yesterday on the show and, and did not um, – didn't know about it. So, uh, and also, frankly, have known about this been going on. I did know that this has been going on for a very, very long time. So I'll, I'm actually curious to go back and hear what I answered. Uh, and uh, uh, But anyway, nonetheless. All right. Uh let's go to a pins across the world. I'm going to dig into the past a little bit. I need to find a better system so I know what I've read and uh, what I haven't read to you. But you can email me at dlock09 at gmail, uh, dot com. uh Big fan of your work, passion you bring to the podcast network. I rarely missed anything jazz or NBA related. Um, this is from Alex Troutman. Stick a pin in Anchorage, Alaska. But also stick a salmon scale on King Cove, Alaska. I started spending my summers out there commercial fishing. The past NBA finals, I missed most of the games. But we'd get filled in the next day over radio banter from a crusty old fishing boats, captains in our area. Almost surreal thing to hear a bunch of grizzled old salt salmon fishermen talk about how amazing LeBron and Kyrie are at 6 a.m. in stormy weather. My first memories of basketball were my older brother and my favorite team, the Seattle Supersonics. We had Sean Kemp, carry Peyton posters all over the basement. But I couldn't just let them... Uh, I couldn't just – I couldn't just – oh, like them because he did. That would have been like the least coolest thing ever. So I cunningly one-upped him and decided to like the team – was playing against Jordan the next year in the finals. I was eight. And so here I am today, basically a lingering bandwagon from a bygone era of basketball brilliance with a magnitude I have no idea. Out of what I can only imagine was pride of undertones of sibling competition I maintained as my favorite team ever since. And I'm the only, I'm only one, I cannot read this morning. I am one of the only open and vocal jazz fans that I know up here. So I cannot thank you enough for your courage. Wow! I woo six twenty in the morning. No espresso. Finished the yoga, and evidently not awake. And so again, I cannot thank you enough for your coverage, your interest in analytics, and your sporadic but thoughtful social discourse, Alex, in Alaska. Thank you, Alex. And wow, I found out I'm not awake yet, uh, which I actually probably knew. Uh, anyway, all right, let's get right to it. Uh, so Dennis Lindsay goes on Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast. It's the first thing they talk about on the vertical. It's worth hearing. And, um, this is a little, I'm not going to lie to you guys. This one's a little complicated to me because, uh, this has been going on. All, a lot of us in the organization have known the jazz are doing this and also have not ever said anything about it. Um, but the bottom line is that for whatever reason, over the last three seasons, uh, we have been getting a really unfavorable whistle. And uh, that was uh, became a little public last year when the two-minute reports came out. And Andy Larson did that incredible research about what was happening to us in the final two minutes of game, or five minutes of close games. Well, guess what? That has been universally true uh across the board uh in all games it is not some sort of nba uh it is it is not some sort of of nba uh campaign against the jazz uh it's not some sort of uh go get the small market franchise Uh, Frankly, the more data the NBA ever decides to go public with, the less that theory will kind of exist. You know, you can pick and choose your numbers any night if you want to, but the fact is there's no data that actually shows a large market, small market bias in officiating. But what there has been is that for whatever reason systematically in how games are called – that the style of play that the Jazz have been play have led them to get fewer calls uh, and often missed calls at a rate that is statistically significant, uh, and that's a problem. It's not the sample size has surpassed a level in which. Uh If you listen to Lindsay in the podcast that they believe it could be noise statistical noise it's statistically significant discrepancy uh from the jazz and it uh, as Lindsay said um and Andy Larson has this in his k s l article that over a three year period the high discrepancy games were one were twelve to seventy two against us uh, so what First thing, let's walk through it. So what's the story here? The story is that the Jazz have been taking – they get – They get the re, league gives them a 48-minute report. We get a last two-minute report. The teams get a 48-minute report. We revealed that actually last year on Locked on NBA. We kind of broke that story. So they get a 48-minute report. They've been analyzing the 48-minute reports and have discovered that there's the style of play that the Jazz are playing – uh, is leading to a, a disadvantageous whistle. Now, well, what's our style play? Well, we play much slower than most people. We play with much more passing than most people, uh, and we play at a at a very different rate. And to Dennis's point, he continually went to in the podcast is that on the defensive end we play a style which means we try to foul less. The de- data the empirical research, the research shows that you if you foul less, you win more on the road. Okay? So that is research that has been done by the Jazz. They have um, they have you know, it's a Spursian theory as well that if you, the less you foul, the more you win on the road, okay? So the Jazz are a particularly good road team, and the Jazz are in the bottom five in the NBA in fouls committed uh, per free throw attempt. Uh, Denver's the lowest, Portland, Brooklyn, Cleveland, and Utah. So we have, there's a uniqueness to what we do. We throw more passes than anyone else. That makes us unique because there's, were the most. We play slower than anyone else. And on the defensive side, we don't foul. And so when we suddenly don't get whistles going, and maybe the theory, you know, for whatever the theory is, is there a theory that that by not fouling on one end, it makes the officials whistle less active, and so then there's less fouls all game long? Who knows? Uh, is there something to the style of play that we play, where we're being held and grabbed and 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 hit in a way because of our movement, and it's not being called. That that I think is where Dennis is heading. He never quite comes out and says it, but you know he talks. He had some interesting comments. He talks about X Y coordinates on the basketball floor of where certain fouls are called and not called, and whether you should be changing the way you're doing things so you're in the area where fouls are called. And obviously, what he's talking about is whether officials are able to see everything. So, so that's the storyline. One is that. Over the last three years, uh, the Jazz have done the research to show that they are getting an unfavorable whistle. Uh, Storyline number two is Dennis Lindsay making a little bit of a plea that he would like more data out publicly on every game. Uh, He basically at one point says that if I have a record as a GM of what my trades are, and our players have a record of what they're shooting, and coaches have a win-loss record. Why? Why shouldn't officials have a record? You know, the best we have with officials is uh, a, st- a site called NBA Stuffer will tell you who, what referees home. If you get Ed Malloy as your crew chief, on, and you're the home team. You win at a 74% rate, the highest of the NBA. Michael Smith is 73%. Uh, and Derek Richardson is 69. So, like, okay, I have that data. I now know that if I have Ed Malloy, Michael Smith, Derek Richardson, or even Billy Kennedy at 68%, that those four crew chiefs are the best home officials in the NBA. The best road officials. Uh, in the NBA as a, oh, excuse me, that was if they're just on the crew, not if they're the crew chief. That's, that's just if they're on the crew. Uh, Courtney Kirkland, if he's the main, is the best road at 72%. Tony Brothers at 69%. John Goebbel at 68%. We've actually had John Goebbel recently. Monty McCutcheon, 67%. Those are the best home officials. If you want a road, if you need a road call, uh, if David Guthrie or Leroy Richardson is on the crew, the road the home team wins at below fifty percent. Sean Corbin and Zach Zarba are both, at, and Scott Wall, if they're the main official, are all at exactly fifty percent. And a really weird one: Derek Richardson in eighteen games this year is the main official. The home teams only won twenty eight percent of the games. That's the best we have right now. Is that data? But why shouldn't we know if an official's in a slump? Why shouldn't we know right? That's that's Dennis's point. Is let's have it all be out there public. Let's have them have a record. No he his, his claim is he thinks that the, you'll you'll find out the officials are better. Yeah, I don't know if that's really true. Uh than we think they are. That's that's his belief. His belief is that we will um that we will suddenly think uh find out that the officials are better uh than we've perceived them uh to be. I don't know. Maybe true, maybe not. Uh, But it's interesting. Uh, The third thing on this is, I would just say, I I, I don't think this was accidental. Like, Dennis has been welcome to come on the uh, Adrian Wojnowski podcast for a long, long time. Uh, Dennis has had a chance to uh, do this publicly. He's been working on it in his staff for three years. So, I... Whether it's because Board of Governors is going on right now, because the time, Dennis chose this platform to get this out. Dennis is very innovative, very bright. My daughter was listening; she's like, "Wow, he's really smart." Yeah, he is. Um, it's like his life story is in this podcast, also, which is fabulous. But this was not. This was not. Oh my gosh! This conversation happened to come up, in my opinion. I don't. I haven't talked to Dennis, um, but this has been a project he's been working on for an awfully long time. Uh, he has some viewpoints of where it's going to go. I don't know if something happened behind the scenes that went against him recently. I don't know if we got killed recently and he decided that's it. Um, But the fact is, and he has the data, and he has statistically significant data that says that we have been getting an unfavorable whistle beyond something that just would be the happenstance of how games are called. To a point in which uh, the NBA needs to look at how games are called, what's going on, and why. And this is a huge part of what the NBA is doing right now. They have a they have a new guy in charge. Uh, they have uh, done they are changing how they're doing the officiating, uh, and it's it's a huge change. And Dennis is on the forefront. And the question is going to be how far they go. Uh, with transparency. so that's the that's the big story um, out of that, I thought. Um, I think it's important. Dennis makes this clear. I think you know you could say and and the question I got yesterday was, did Dennis go far enough? Um, honestly, if you believe that there's a conspiracy against the jazz, I, I don't think that you would be able to find a legitimate, viable uh, data source to back that up. Um, you, you know, if you or, or and you have to figure out why would it be specifically against the Jazz, and then if your next thought is, "Well, it's because of small market," you'd have to show that the, that they're being disadvantaged. That all small markets are being disadvantaged. And I have not seen the data, but I I don't believe that that's what you would see taking place. I think there's I think the issue here is stylistic. Um, that by playing in the half court, by playing the way we want to play, by playing a, a style in which everyone touches the ball, by playing a style in which we slow the game down and, and then play defensively, and then by playing a style in which we don't foul, we are having, we are, at, we have become disadvantaged, and uh, that styles of play should not be disadvantaged by. It. And so, something systematically is wrong with that. Uh, it's fair and equal to say, by the way, this is I think what's important. It it, it cost us a playoff game. It play us, cost us a playoff series last year. Like the the, the the statistical difference last year when when you don't make the playoffs by a game is a big deal. It's a really big deal. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, I somebody asked whether Dennis went far enough. He went as far as he can go. It doesn't do any good to go any further, and there's not really another space to go. Is my point? Is it's not a conspiracy against the Jazz? It's not that the league is corrupt. Um, it's not that officials are. Co- you know, it's just you know, it it's just. And particularly if it was just like, oh well, we don't have star players, you'd see it with a lot of other teams too. And I don't think. That's the case. So, anyway, it was really interesting uh, piece there by Dennis. Uh, Minnesota's on the docket today. They were playing great last night and then completely fell apart. Really just almost bizarre. Um, f- fall apart last night. In the fourth quarter, they did not have a field goal, I believe, for the first nine minutes of the quarter. Um, and got outscored 25-11 to 11, um, by... Portland. Portland gets a much needed desperate win to go to thirty nine and forty. Uh, and Andrew Wiggins played thirty nine, and Gorgie Zhang played thirty nine, and Carl Anthony Towns played thirty nine, and Ricky Rubio played thirty nine minutes. He is just riding those starters um, like you like you've never seen before. It's incredible. Uh, they opened the fourth last night. Let me see if I can find this uh, to the two. Let's oh, like. Sorry, I just did it wrong. I was like, "Why?" I, here we go. Um, Alan Horton actually showed me this the other day, so now I can run it. They uh, Andrew Wiggins made their first shot in about the and they they opened the fourth quarter last night, missing their first thirteen shots, committing four turnovers. Uh, the Andrew Wiggins had five free throws, and they got outscored nineteen to five to open the quarter. Uh, you know, if it's fatigue, I don't know, but they had, they played a bunch of different guys. Uh, during that span, and that's what changed. That was the change of the game uh, last night by uh, Portland. So Minnesota comes in; uh, they're thirty-one and forty-seven. They whooped us last time. Something else, and we have to win. We've got to find a way to win three of our final four, and hope that San Antonio uh, beats the Clippers on Saturday night. That's that's really uh, that's really where we are. Uh, let's go to our pack Friday. I don't I don't think I had anything else I had to did I say was there anything else I said I was gonna to do today? I think that oh look around the league. Um I kind of just gave it to you. There, there's just not as much. Uh Memphis we're not we're not following the seven now. Oklahoma we need Oklahoma City to lose and we need to win a game and then that eliminates that. Uh Oklahoma City plays I think they play tonight in Phoenix. Seems unlikely they're gonna lose that one, but you never know. Uh, Russell has been certainly incredible. By the way, the scout and Nate Duncan, both available for you unlocked on, on NBA. So that's the game we're watching tonight. The Clippers do not play. Uh, the Spurs are resting everybody in Dallas, and their big game is on Saturday. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. I have been so fortunate to get to know the Murdochs and been even more fortunate that they've let me uh, drive a Hyundai Santa Fe, and I am absolutely loving that car. And I found the car keys, by the way. I found them. They had slipped in the back of a backpack that there was no business them being in. It could have been months. Uh, It was a full out panic uh, going on. So anyway, uh, you don't really care about that, but it was kind of the funny thing going on in my life. So the Murdoch family is a long-time Utah car dealership, Utah family, uh, and they really pride themselves that when you come and buy a car from them, but when you leave, you have a no-regret experience. You really feel like, oh, well, I was taken care of. Everything here is done correctly. Wow, they take the extra mile. They've got extra service hours. They've got extra car washes. They're going to do all these things for us. Plus, you have the Hyundai 100,000-mile uh, guarantee that's part of their uh, warranty system. And then, you, you really, you get the Hyundai. And I have been... I have just been so blown away by what a nice drive it is, the level of detail on the cars. My wife loves all the mirrors. It's got front mirrors, side mirrors, back mirrors. She's really short, four foot eleven, so she gets can see better. Um, it is just super nice when you're parking the car and you're able to just take it right up to where you need to. Uh, it's got the safety uh, cruise control. It's got the safety uh, marks in your windows. It drives nicely. It's got super space inside it's got a complete moon roof uh, for the summer i can't i'm pretty excited to be able to drive that so i'm driving the hyundai santa fe but overall what i would tell you i've learned is go check out hyundai go make sure you understand uh who the, you know what that what they offer what those opportunities are for you what kind of you're getting for your dollar because you can go get a, a fancier brand name and i would have been just as guilty as anyone else until I drove this car. Uh, and, and felt like you were getting a better car. I'm I'm just not convinced that's true any longer. So check it out. Murdoch Hyundai. They are at 4646 South State Street. Blake and the crew is there. They're also in Logan and in Linden. Uh, Murdoch Hyundai. All right, your hottest players in the NBA. Steph Curry is the number one pack player in the NBA for the last 10 games. Followed by Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is the second most impactful offensive player in the NBA over the last 10 games, shooting 71%. Carl Anthony Towns is next. This is really interesting. This is, this is one that should kind of make you think and chew on this for a little bit. So Carl Anthony Towns averages 23 scoring opportunities a night. He is shooting, he's incredible right now. He's shooting 56%, 41% from three, 90% from the line. He's averaging 28 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, and everyone in the world would tell you that he is a more impactful offensive player than Rudy Gobert. And certainly, uh, you can go give him the ball and he can create it himself. But frankly, Gobert setting a pick and rolling off the pick and being taller and longer than everyone is creating it himself too. And in... 16 scoring opportunities, which is a lot for Rudy. They're really giving him the ball. Uh, He is having the same offensive impact on a game than Carl Anthony Towns is. is. And that is one that if I try to bark that up trees around the NBA right now, there's no one in the world. Who's going to buy that? No. Yeah. But, but why what's the, but it's, it's, It's data, it's true, it's accurate. 4.1 points above the average player is how much each of them are impacting the game. Carl Anthony Towns is taking another seven possessions per game to do it. It's harder. Okay, fine. He's making himself fine. Impact on the game. And why Rudy's body movement and length doesn't get him the same credit for that, I'll never know. Uh, Next hottest player is Jimmy Butler. Followed by Isaiah Thomas. Interesting. Followed by Blake Griffin. It's warmed up. J.J. Redick after that. Clippers are hot. Clay Thompson after that. DeMarcus Cousins in New Orleans. Russell Westbrook is efficient right now. Oh, this is really interesting. Anthony Davis got it going with DeMarcus Cousins. Scout talks about that in the program. Uh, Locked on NBA. DeAndre Jordan. Then LeBron James. Damian Lillard. Gary Harris. Andre Gudala, Deion Waiters has not played enough games. Uh, Nikolai Miritich playing great for Chicago after being benched all year long. Some kid named Sean Long in Philadelphia I've never heard of. Honestly, haven't heard him. Chris Paul is next. So the big the Clippers offense has clicked in. They're hot. Gallinari, Valanciunas, Mike Conley, Jeff Teague playing well. All right, let's see who the coldest players in the league are. Harden's cooled off a good deal. He's not the coldest, but I just saw his name down. The coldest player in the league right now is Tyler Eulis, 3.7. Followed by Marcus Smart, minus 3.7. Dennis Schroeder, minus 3.1. Reggie Jackson's only played five games, minus 3.3. Mario Hezonja, 3.2. Zach Randolph, minus 2.8. Stanley Johnson in Detroit. Wow, that is just not working out. Carmelo in just his six games, minus 2.5. Contavius Caldwell-Pope, minus 2.3. is a free agent. Victor Oladipo, minus 2.2. Raymond Felton for the Clippers has not been good. Nor has Avery Bradley, Andre Drummond, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, or Reggie Bullock. So those are the hot and cold players of the NBA uh, right now. And that is your edition of Locked on Jazz. Thanks so very much for tuning in. Some interesting stuff from Dennis Lindsay. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll be on with you uh, Sunday from... No, wait. Saturday, Friday and Saturday. Friday, Minnesota. Saturday, Portland. Got to get both these games and then find a way to get one of our last two and hope the Clippers lose on Saturday. And if the Clippers don't lose, then we got to go win both. Uh, to hold home court advantage, win two, and we don't fall to six. That is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you very much. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17 Rejecting the Screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the Screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday...